called Overcomer. Paul says we are more than conquerors in this life. Yeah. And uh, so it doesn't matter if you believe that or not. That's what he said. And it made it into the Bible. And so it's God's word to us today that we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers in this life. And so uh, God's will, God's design is for you to be that. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about this. And we're going to launch out today with the first installment of this series. I hope you can join us for all of them. If you can't, you can catch it up on podcasts. And we greet all of our podcast listeners all over the world. It's great to have you with us as well. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I think most of us take some time to look in the mirror, right? Uh, I would venture to say most anyone, everyone here looked in a mirror at some point this morning before coming to church. Guys, if you were trimming your beard or whatever, you were very careful because you do not want to be lopsided, right? Uh, You do not want to look different on one side and uh, something else on the other. And so uh, that happens in our lives, and we, we, we just take precaution. We, we look in the mirror, we try to be intent and uh, see things. And, you know, I was thinking about that, and I've got some messed up mirrors in my home. Anybody with me on that? I've got some mirrors that are lying to me and uh, saying, you're getting older. Look at that new line there. And uh, I've rebuked that in the name of Jesus, right? That lion mirror. And uh, maybe uh, you have some of those in your home that are telling you something different than what you want to believe. And sometimes in life, what happens is we're, we're not looking in a physical mirror, but an emotional mirror, and, and we're letting it tell us who we are. Instead of seeing ourselves as God sees us. And God sees us maybe differently than what you see you. And what God says is, I made you in my image. And so when we knock on that image, we're really knocking on God. We're really saying, God, you messed up. God, you didn't do right. And so what happens is is we're insulting God when we insult the product. And maybe for some of you, it's not so much messed up mirrors speaking to you, but maybe you have some messed up people speaking to you. People who say things to you like, you're not going to make it. You never were going to amount to anything. I knew you'd always be that way. And they're just always, you know, kind of speaking into your life and bringing you down. Uh, Today, I want us to look at how these comparisons can affect us. So if you're taking notes, maybe you want to write a couple of things down. The first thing maybe to write down is where comparison begins, contentment ends. Because you cannot be content while you're looking around at other people. And this has never been easier than it is today, especially with social media. Because, you know, you can be looking at people and saying, seriously, 
they're on vacation again. I have not been on one vacation this year. Thank you very much. Or seriously, they are eating at that restaurant again? I know how much it costs to eat there. I wish I could eat there. Or or maybe you're looking at their new clothes and you're like, I wish I had me some threads. I I wish I had some clothes like that. I'd like the style like that, but, you know, I, I can't afford that. Or, or you see people at a grouping and, and you think, they didn't call me. They didn't, call, they didn't text me. I could have gone. No, I'm sitting here alone at home. Why, why wasn't I invited? And so we compare ourselves to other people. We, we are always doing this. And the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. You know, we we compare our hair, maybe ladies, you compare your hair to somebody else and you say, oh my gosh, I'll never look like that. I'll never be like that. I, I wish I could get my hair to do that. Or maybe, guys, you're in the gym, and you're feeling pretty good. That weight is pulling, and you're just, oh, yeah, I'm growing. I know, oh, I'm getting ripped, you know. And then you look at the guy next to you, and you say, uh, now, that's ripped. This is rippled. <laughs> that's what that is. And so it becomes a thing where we're looking at other people's behind the scenes, or rather we're looking at our behind the scenes and we're looking at their, you know, their their best track, their best pictures. And some of those pictures, I know firsthand from some people, they've been altered. (laughs) There's a little sculpting going on there before that was posted. And so Paul said, comparing ourselves to others is just not the way to do it. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. We'll have it up on the screen if you don't have it. It says, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. And look at what he says about that. How ignorant. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be dumb. And the Bible says it's dumb, it's stupid, it's ignorant for us to compare ourselves to one another. And here's why, taking notes, comparison leads to either superiority or inferiority. We either get puffed up or we get deflated as we compare ourselves to others. Comparing will not honor God. I heard... Uh, Andy Stanley talked about this. He talked about being from the land of Ur, that many of us live in the land of Ur, that we want to be stronger than somebody else. We want to be prettier. We want to be richer. We want to be more uh, funnier. Whatever it is that we want, we want to be er. We want to be that and more. And some of us are really wanting to be from the land of est. 
We, we want not just to be better, we want to be the best. We want to be the greatest, the happiest, the healthiest, the retweetedest, you know. My, uh, do you see how many retweets I got today? And, and so what happens is, is we, can, we can do this all over the place. You know, maybe you've, you've done this spiritually. Maybe you've heard somebody pray, and after they prayed, you're like, I'll never pray again in public. Because it's like God wrote their prayer, you know. I, I think God... After they were done, he stood up, clapped, you know. It's like, that was amazing. Did you hear that? And we, we can do that. We, we can compare ourselves to other people in relationships where maybe you, you say, oh, my gosh, here's the announcement. I knew it was coming. She's getting married. Known this guy a short time and on. Here I am. You know, I, I've been close to people. I, I should be the one getting married, but all I do is date Ben and Jerry, you know, <laughs> hang out with them. Or you like your house until you go visit your friend's house that looks like Joanna Gaines just came over and redid the whole thing like some upscale farmhouse look, you know. And we do this with our kids, you know, we'll, we'll compare our kids and how I, my kid's doing and how your kid's doing. And somebody says, well, you know, my kid walking at 12 months, what can I say? And you say, well, my kid was walking at 10 months, that's what I say. You know, and we'll do that all through their lives. So academically, sports, different things, we'll, we'll compare ourselves to others. And here's, here's what the Bible says the danger of that is, is we can get prideful. We can get puffed up as we compare ourselves to other people. I want us to look real quick at a story in the Bible that I think is funny. Uh, I, I really get a lot of humor out of the Bible. There are funny things in the Bible. And, and so you should read it uh, because you, you would find it funny. And I'm going to show you one today where uh, I, I started reading the Bible through as a teenager and all. And, and when I came to John, I got to admit, I, I was just kind of thrown off by a guy who talks about himself as a third person. You ever notice that? That John, instead of saying, I went or, you know, I was there or whatever, he'll say, the disciple that Jesus loved was there. And, and he does this kind of thing. And, and so I'm going to pick it up here in uh, John chapter 20. Uh, I have it up on the screen. Here it is. Uh, John, this is the resurrection, okay? And Mary goes to the tomb first, if you know the story. This is Easter. She comes back. The angel says, go tell the disciples that He's risen. And so Mary comes back and she says to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, this is John writing, and, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple, just so you know, 
outran Peter and reached the tomb first. This is very important detail. And then Simon Peter came along behind him, all right, just so you didn't get that, and went straight into the tomb. Finally, the other disciple, who, by the way, had reached the tomb first, isn't this funny? Also went inside. That's hilarious. It's like these guys are comparing them. Just so you know, Jesus rose from the dead, and I got there first. (laughs) Don't forget that. And and then in the next chapter, uh, Peter says, let's go fishing. This is after the resurrection. And so they're out on the boat, and they're fishing. The disciples are out there. And uh, some guy from the shoreline says, hey, have you guys caught anything? And they said, no, I haven't caught anything. And he says, well, why don't you throw the net on the other side of the boat? And so for some reason, they go ahead and do it. And when they do, just a ton of fish come up. And, and so John says, it's the Lord. I saw him first, just so you know. And then Peter jumped in and got to him first. But I just want you to know, I saw him first. That's important. And then in the next section of Scripture, in verse 20, pull that up for me, please. Peter turns around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. There he is again. And Peter asked Jesus, well, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replied, look at what Jesus replied. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. I'm telling you, some people here today need to hear this, that that you don't need to worry about what that person's doing. What are they wearing? Where have they been? And look at their account. Oh, what are they saying on their story today? And let me check in with them. Let me compare myself to them. Jesus would say to you, what is that to you? What is it to you if they went on vacation again? What is it to you if they're out to dinner again? What is it to you if they just got another new outfit or whatever it was that happened? Just follow Jesus. Just do that. Just follow him because you can't faithfully follow Jesus while you're always comparing yourself to other people. You can't. Insecurity will come or or different things, and there's not enough money, there's not enough followers, there's not enough attention, there's not enough likes, there's not enough popularity, there's not enough success to make up for the insecurity you can have by comparing yourself to other people. And so what you have to do is you have to just look, look to yourself and begin to follow Jesus. Otherwise, you'll resent God's goodness in other people and you'll ignore God's goodness in you. And you don't want to do that. And here's the next thing to write down is instead of comparing, ask who defines me? Who defines me? This is huge. It's a question that we've got to answer. Because who or what is going to define my worth? 
What is it that's going to say that I'm enough? And let me tell you something. If the answer to that is anything besides God, you'll always find yourself in a race you cannot win. You just can't win that race if, if it's anything other than God. And, and let me give you an illustration of this. In the Old Testament, one day Moses said, we're going to send 12 spies out. And I want you to go look at the land that God's promised to us, to give to us. I want you to look over that land and then come back and give a report. And the Bible says that two of those guys, Joshua and Caleb, came back and they said, oh, it's an amazing land. It flows with milk and honey. That's how they would describe it back then. It's like it's lush, it's plush, it's, it's awesome. And so we are well able to go take it. Ten came back and said, well, they're right. It does flow with milk and honey. In other words, it is prosperous, it is lush, it is green, all that good stuff. But we look like grasshoppers to the people over there. They are giants in the land, and there is no way that we can possibly win that battle. And the Bible says that spirit of fear, that, that, that negative report went through the whole camp. And let me tell you something. Here's what happened. God got ticked, and God said, I'll tell you what, the two guys that said they could go, they're going to get to go. But the rest of y'all, all right, you're, you're not going to go. And you know what happened? The Bible says for 40 years they just wandered around. Just wandered around. And then finally, in Joshua, I think it's chapter 14, verse 6, uh, the Bible says they, they got ready to take the land. And Joshua says, hey, uh, some of you, you're going to go to this part. And he laid out the geography of, of where they were going to go, and they were figuring all this out. And in the midst of it, Caleb spoke up. Caleb, from 40 years ago, says, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had a promise 40 years ago that I would, I would have this land. And, and I went over there, and Joshua and I were the only two that said we could take it. And I want you to know that 40 years later, we are still, a, I am still able to take it. I mean, this guy's 80-something, and he's still flexing, you know? I mean, he's still, he's still working his stuff. He's still ready. He's like, I'm still as good as I was then. Come on, somebody. If you're a part of the Geritol generation, you ought to be a little excited right now that, that, that you could do that. And, and so he says, I, I want to take it. And so uh, Joshua says, okay. And he says, I want the hill country. Don't give me some little valley somewhere. I want the hardest area. Because the same giants that would have fallen 40 years ago are going to fall today because God is still on the throne. And you know what? He went over and did it. And I'm telling you, the comments, the criticism, 
the negativity you can get from social media trying to tell you what you can't do can keep you out of your promised land that God has for you. It can infiltrate everything and begin to poison the atmosphere and the air until you begin to believe what they say over what God says. God said you can go and you can take it. And if God said it, it can happen. It can happen. I'm about to get excited. I'm back in. All right. Anybody going to get excited with me this morning? So let me tell you something. Here, here's what can happen is you can look, you, you can see yourself as a grasshopper or you can see yourself as a giant killer. And how you see yourself will determine your future. It will determine whether you go in and possess the promised land or you wander around, flounder around with your life. Some of you, that's a word for you because you're tired of floundering around, but I'm telling you, God's waiting on you to believe what he says. Did you know there's, let me, let me talk science for a moment. There's mirror neurons. I, I looked this up this week and, and they wired a monkey's brain and they wired another monkey's brain. Then they had the one monkey open up a nut. And as the monkey was opening up the nut, some neurons just lit up and they could see it. But then what was amazing is the monkey that wasn't doing it, his brain activity lit up in the exact same places as the other monkey. And what I get from that is there's, it's important who you hang around, all right? It's important who is around you. It's important the influences that you allow. Come on, teenagers. It's important who you allow into your life. It's important who you're following and who you're reading and who you're looking at and what stories you're reading because those stories are going to influence your story. And Caleb said, I'm a part of a generation that is well able to take the land. And I don't know about you, but I want to believe what God says over what people say. Come on, come on. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this about us. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. No second cloud of witnesses he's talking about. It's a cloud maybe, and I don't, I don't pretend to know all this, but it's almost like heaven is, is cheering for people. It's almost like Moses and Abraham and different ones are cheering for us to succeed. Let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily, how many know it can easily entangle? How many have gotten tangled up with it before, right? Hello? Well, look all pious on me, all right? So some of you have been all tangled up. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You see, what happens is, is if you've run track before, you can't go running and looking to see what everybody's doing in the stands. 
right? You just can't do that. And you can't be looking around, wondering what, ah, that's a cool outfit he's got on, you know? You can't be doing that. You, you've got to look straight ahead. If you're going to win this race, you cannot lose focus. And I'm telling you, in life, you can't lose focus. You can't be looking around at what other people are doing, what other people are saying. You got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And, and I was looking up this cloud over people this week, and I, I just Googled it because I was thinking it's maybe some kind of Snoopy character or something like that, but that's not what it was. Look at what it was. It was my buddy Eeyore, okay? And then this other guy, I don't know, does anybody know who this guy is? Okay, this was, this was a cartoon that was around uh, Lil Abner, all right? Any Lil Abner people? Remember this guy? This guy, I guess, was the guy, that, this cloud thing. I thought it was somebody else. But this guy, just wherever he went, there was this cloud just raining on him. You ever known anybody like that? You know, just go, I got this cloud. Just, it's, oh, I don't know what's going to happen today, you know? Oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, I've had a bad week. I don't think this week's going to be any better. And, and they just walk around with this cloud. I'm telling you, the Bible says, yeah, there's a cloud, but that's not the cloud that's over you. There's a cloud of glory over you. There's a cloud of his presence over you. There's a cloud of witnesses over you. And all of heaven stands up today and says, yes, you will. You're going to make it. Oh, don't give in. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep on keeping. Keep on, keep on going, go, go, go. Come on, somebody. And so this witness says to us that we can make it. So here's what you got to do. You got to stay in your lane. See, we get over and we want to run in somebody else's lane. And everybody's like this. Preachers are like this. You know, I, you can look around and say, well, how come his church is growing? He's not as holy as I am. I bet I pray more than he does. Why, why is that going on over there? And you, you can compare yourself. Hello? Right? Compare yourself to other people. And what Paul say about that? That's an ignorant thing to do. That's not a smart thing to do. And so what you've got to do is you've got to let Jesus determine your spot, your place. And he's placed me in Avon, Indiana to raise up a church that will prevail against the gates of hell through the power of the resurrected life of Jesus. And so we've said, hey, Jesus has come that you might have life and have it to the full, not religion, not ritual, not just come to church and check it off your list so you can feel good about your week, but so that you can come and be filled with all that he is. So see, some of you, you may say, well, 
I may not have, here's what y'all do. I may not have the biggest business in Indianapolis, but I'll have a business that'll be full of integrity, that people will know our word is good, that when we say it, we stand behind it. Or you may say, well, I may not be the richest dad. I may not be able to provide everything for my kids. Maybe other dads can do, but you know what? I'll never miss a game. Or, Or maybe I'll even go better than that. I'll give them a godly inheritance so that they will know who to call on when they get into jam. I'll give them a number better than my number. I'm going to give them God's number because God will be there for them when I can't be there for them. That's what I'll do. And so maybe I, I, I can't do everything, but what I could do is I could be a volunteer in CSM. I could go to student ministries, and I could sit there in a small group with teenagers in the middle of all this move, these moving parts in their life, and they're trying to sort things out and to be able to speak life into them week after week after week and show up in their lives. I can do that. I may not be able to do everything, but I can do that. And I may not be the most romantic spouse in the world. I'll do my best, but what I can do is be faithful to my spouse 24-7, 365, so that they know without a doubt that they are first in my life. I can do those things. I can do those things. And see, God says you are his masterpiece. Did you know that? Turn to the person next to you and say, you look like a masterpiece. You look like a masterpiece. Now, if you're single, I'm just saying it's important where you sit on Sundays, all right? Now, go take credit for what might happen after service or whatever, but uh, it's important. But here's the thing about being a masterpiece. God doesn't mean for you to be perfect, but he does mean that you are perfectly forgiven. You are perfectly anointed. You are perfectly chosen. You are perfectly graced. You are perfectly given with the power of God's Holy Spirit operating in you, him surging through your life. That's what's important. It's not to your credit, it's to his credit. And God has purpose, he has meaning for your life. And so it doesn't matter if you have a good hair day or a bad hair day. It doesn't matter if you're tucking it in or if you're sucking it in, all right? It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God is wanting you to win the race that he has for you. So stop looking around at everybody else and run to Jesus. Keep running to him and run the race that he has for you. Let me wrap this up with a story. I heard this by Louis Giglio, a preacher that that runs a, a passion conference. It's down in Atlanta. And every year they have thousands of worshipers that gather. And and so this one year they were going to have in the stadium 20,000 or so uh, show up for the Passion Conference. Well, sold out by thousands. 
And so they went ahead and went across the street to the convention center, and and they rented another 6,000 seats over there. And the idea of the conference was they were going to do this. They were going to simulcast to both locations. And so the worship, though, was going to be live in each. And, and so everything was going great. Everything was going to go. And, and Matt Redman was in one uh, arena, and Chris Tomlin was in the other one leading worship. And so uh, what they were going to do, they were going to have this click track. If you're a musician, you may be familiar with this. They're going to have this click track in their head, in their mon- in ear monitors, so that they would know that they started at the same time and they're going at the same pace and they're singing the song at the exact same moment in each arena. And then what was going to happen is just a couple minutes into the song, this magic moment was going to happen because Lecrae was going to come out and he was going to do this rap thing in the middle of this. It was going to be epic and just awesome for both theaters, for both, both arenas. The only problem was, is as the song was getting ready to start, Matt Redman lost the track. And so music's going, and if our God is for us, who can ever stop? And they're playing this song in, in, in both arenas. But the guy who was running sound, the main guy down front on the, in the main room knew that it wasn't good because he knew Matt had started late. And he knew that he had lost the track, and so he, he wasn't following along. And so a train wreck was gonna happen, because in a few moments, actually now it's getting down to several seconds away, Lecrae is going to come on, and it's gonna be a train wreck in one of the arenas, and beautiful in the other. And so he's thinking, I'm the only human that knows this. Nobody else knows this right now. So what do I do? And and so he, he thought, I'll just grab this mic, link it up with Matt Redman's ear, and he started singing the lyrics from that arena into the other arena in Matt's ear. And so as Matt's leading over there, all of a sudden this voice comes into his head singing, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God, and and so this guy's singing this. And so Matt, because he's a sharp person, he knew what was going on. He knew this guy was trying to help him. And being a gifted musician, at a certain juncture, he just jumps over into what the guy's singing in his ear. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And and nobody even understood. And Lecrae came on, and it was awesome in both arenas that day because of that guy. And here's what I want to say to someone here this morning. You could be here and you've lost the track, you've lost the click track in your life. 
somehow, some way, what God originated, what God designed for your life, somehow you lost the track. Somehow you, you lost it and you got off track. Somehow you got in somebody else's lane maybe and you're, you're not even running the race that God has for you and I'm here to tell you today that you can get back on track. You can get back. You can come back to what God has for you because God has an awesome plan for your life. And if you'll live it out, you'll be more than a conqueror. You'll be an overcomer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that even though we, we could see ourselves as grasshoppers, today you can get us back on track that we're really giant killers. That's who we are. So I pray that you'll help each person to receive that. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I don't want to miss out on the promised land God has for me. I don't want to miss out on the race God has for me. I, I don't want to miss a step. I, I want to be in sync with heaven and the cheers of heaven. I want to be in, in sync with the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. If that's your prayer as well as mine, just raise your hand with me and, and signify it up to the Lord right now. Yeah, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, you see every hand is raised. God, in a very confusing and very loud world, help us to tune in, most of all, to one voice, yours. And help us to run the race that you have for us, that you set out for us, and not to get confused, not to get crossed over into somebody else's lane. So God, for that to happen, some of us may have to change some habits. We may have to look at what you say more than we look at what other people say. We may have to change our, our, our song lists. We may have to change some of our playlists. We may have to change some of the things that we're, we're doing in our lives so that we don't lose track of what's most important. Maybe others of you are here and you would admit, Craig, I've lost the track. Maybe you used to go to church and maybe it didn't get explained clearly to you or somehow you missed it that God had something more than just church for you. Somehow maybe you missed it that God had more for you than just rituals or religion. He wanted a living relationship with you. Maybe somehow you missed that. And, and you started listening to a different track and you, you went into a different direction, but it, it didn't last and it wasn't fulfilling. Maybe you're here today because God's drawing you back to a real vibrant relationship with Him. Others of you, maybe you, you were on track at one point, but then somehow life threw you a curve. And instead of readjusting and getting back in your lane and getting back in stride with God, you got off. But I'm here to tell you, the God that started with you 
is ready to finish with you. He's ready to bring you along and, and, and to help you back and get you back in step with his great, awesome plan for your life. And if you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I, I just need God in my life. I, I want to believe that. And I want to believe that God still does and still will use my life. He, he does have plans for me. And I, I, I want to know him in my life. I need to know him. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I, I need to make that kind of commitment to Jesus today. Yes, to see the hand. How many are over here? God bless you. God bless you. Back there, God bless you. Over here, God bless you. All right, several hands around the room. So let's just pray this church family to our awesome living God. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So please, today, take my life receive it as yours wash away my past give me a new beginning as much as I know how I surrender my life to you I give it all to you and I want to run the race that you have for me in Jesus name Amen. Church family, let's praise God for those. It's awesome. Listen, we would love to help you take a next step. And one of those things is starting point class. And it'll be starting up soon. So you can get signed up for it. We'd love to help you continue.